This is a milestone edition and my guest is Pete Matthew. He's an expert financial planner, prolific content marketer and fellow podcaster. We talk about how answering questions with video and audio content gives him a constant stream of clients for his business. Welcome to episode 150 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business and for discussing topics on all things finance. I'm Roger Edwards, a marketing guy from Edinburgh, helping you keep your marketing strategy simple and the BS at bay. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. Thanks as always for downloading or streaming the Marketing and Finance podcast. I really do appreciate it and I'm so pleased that you've chosen to listen to episode 150. I never thought over three years ago when I recorded episode one that I'd still be here for 150 shows. But it's your comments, feedback and encouragement that's motivated me to keep bringing you expert guests and their ideas and their inspiration. Please do me a favour. As it's the 150th edition, please leave a review on iTunes. Just go to rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a few words. And maybe also share the show with one or two friends or colleagues, maybe on social media. I couldn't think of anyone better to help me celebrate 150 episodes than Pete Matthew. On a show about marketing and finance, he's the archetypal guest, a financial planning expert and a prolific content marketer. We chat about how he started answering finance questions with a video camera on the beach in Penzance, building the Meaningful Money podcast into a finance show that's popular worldwide, how the podcast generates a constant stream of leads to his firm Jackson's Wealth, Pete's role as a financial planner and a financial educator, and his top tips for professionals looking to start putting together content. So let's get straight into that interview with Pete, right here on episode 150 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Pete Matthew, welcome to episode 150 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Very cool to be back, Roger. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. I'm so excited about episode 150. Pete, I was just thinking about the first time you were on the Marketing and Finance Podcast, back in episode 14. And I remember you saying to me at the time, Roger, you've made it. You've got past the dangerous seven <laughs> episodes, which is when most people give up. And I remember yeah. feeling pretty cool at the time. So can you imagine how I'm feeling now? Well, you should be feeling great, man. You should be feeling proud. It's an incredible achievement. Very, very few podcasts consistently, you know, go out week after week after week and get to 150 episodes. So massive congratulations, mate. You, I mean, you are a pioneer in our industry for sure. Absolutely at the top of your game and putting out just such good quality stuff week in week out so it's a it's a great great work mate and uh, congratulations i'm really delighted to be able to celebrate it with you thank you so much pete and you know i was thinking over the last few days what can i do to celebrate 150 episodes and thinking back to the origins of this podcast originally it was a podcast about how to market protection insurance and finance products mm -hmm. and i guess i pivoted around about episode 30 and it became a, a podcast more about marketing your business whether you're a financial advisor or a professional perhaps an accountant or even a solicitor and also about finance there was almost like two topics that dovetailed and sometimes mm. there'd be an episode just about marketing sometimes there'd be an episode just about finance and then 
often there'd be an episode about the original idea of the podcast, how to market finance. And it just occurred to me, you're almost like the the archetypal example of a finance expert, a financial planner, who has become a marketing expert as well. Hence, marketing and finance. It just seemed to me that episode 150 just had to be another interview with you, Pete. I'm <laughs> very kind of you to say so, mate. Um, I think that's <laughs> more by accident than by design. <laughs> I think I've just have a, a, an annoying need to try stuff out, yes. which I think is a trait I share with you. Yeah. Well, I think, again, you were again on the podcast again, episode 63. That was when you, Martin Bamford, and I tried out what at the at the, at the time was quite an interesting new piece of kit. It was called Blab, yes, um, which, of course, has disappeared into the, into the um, horizon now. But, uh, yeah, I think we've always been experimenting. Now, I know that some people listening to the podcast definitely know who you are. Some people might not. So maybe just give me a little bit of background about yourself and where you came from and what you've been doing over the last few years. Well, you know, as you mentioned, I'm a chartered financial planner, certified financial planner. I've been doing this job, well, actually in in April, I'll celebrate 20 years as a financial planner, which is, uh, that seems to have gone extremely quickly, actually. So I must have been having fun. And, you know, I just have an affinity for technology. I love software. I've always loved computers. I was raised sort of uh, on the bleeding edge of personal computer use, really, uh, as a kid. So, um, you know, I began, yeah, for the first 10, 12 years of being a financial planner, I just did the job, you know, (laughs) got on seeing clients, made the leap from insurance company advisor through to independent financial advisor in 2001. Uh, followed my Cornish wife down to Cornwall in 2002. And um, that's when I sort of began the transition to financial planning, really, which is far less about uh, financial products like ISAs and pensions and stuff, and far more about uh, people and blending and sort of, um, I think, optimizing people's finances in order to meet their life goals. That was great. You know, I really sort of got to the point where I was enjoying that, really felt like I'd found my here place on the planet. And then, uh, well, for a combination of reasons, really, three things happened, which sort of gave me the impetus to get going with creating what originally started as a video series called Meaningful Money. Those three things really were, I wanted to do a little bit more than just help the number of people I could help one-on-one, only so many hours in the day. And I knew that I could scale using the internet. Uh, Several people in lots of different scenarios of my life told me I was good at explaining things. And uh, that kind of sunk in and I uh, thought, well, maybe I am (laughs) and maybe I can uh, use that skill. And then thirdly, I read a book called Crush It by uh, a guy called Gary Vaynerchuk. The premise of that book really, and I think it was 2008 or nine, that book came out. The premise of the book was, uh, is that whatever your message is, we're now in the age where you can get that message out to hundreds of thousands, millions of people, essentially for free. And if the pres- presentation of that message is any good, people will show up, listen and watch and take notes. And that, those sort of three things coming together, just I thought I'd have a go really and so I bought a uh, little flip video camera and took it down to the promenade down here in Penzance at 7.30 in the morning croaky voice uh, wind noise and wobbly camera and everything basically attached it to a railing with (laughs) with one of those gorilla pod things and uh, basically talked to it for two and a half minutes and said you know this is what I'm going to do these are the um, this is what I'm going to do I'm going to explain how money works did nearly 300 videos before transitioning to uh, our sort of favorite uh, medium, Roger, which is podcasting. I yeah. just fell in love with the medium as a listener and thought I'd have a go at that as well. And um, 200 and 
I think actually my 236th episode goes live tomorrow morning. So um, I love it as much as you do. And that's why we keep going uh, week in, week out. So it's, I feel like it's very much been by accident, by sort of feeling my way, really, rather than having some sort of great God-given um, expertise in marketing. I just have tried some stuff and it's worked, which is, uh, which is a real blessing. And of course, what you're doing and, and what I do is you're basically answering people's questions. That, that's what you did with your videos on the front at Penzance. You, what is a pension? What is a accumulator fund? What is a critical illness policy? And effectively, you've been doing the same sort of thing with with the podcast. It's just been in a longer form. Yeah, and, and that's that's the beauty of the podcasting medium, really, um, is that, yes, you can delve into something much greater depth. The videos I were doing were sort of piece to camera, so, you know, me in front of a camera, um, not scripted as such. I just had a few bullet points on a notebook, sort of um, sort of bulldog clipped underneath the camera, yeah. and um, just so that I knew what I was, was going to speak about. But with a video people watching a video have got to devote their entire attention to it, really. They've yeah. got to look at the screen, particularly if we're going to use graphics and stuff like that. Whereas with a podcast, obviously you can be listening to a podcast, um, as I'm sure many people are listening to this, walking the dog, hoovering the carpet, you know, driving to work on the tube or whatever. So it's a medium which enables you to fill potentially otherwise dead space with learning. And um, it just meant that I could delve into each subject a little bit deeper and, um, I still get people asking me if I'm ever going to run out of stuff to talk about, to which I just sort of laugh really and say, well, because no. there's this as many questions being asked every day. And of course, I'm still seeing clients every day. So, you know, they'll very often ask a question and I'll be like, ah, right, that's something I can answer. And, um, and I write it down. And so I'm never going to run out of content as are you. No. And of course, what you are doing is, and you've just used the content word there, this is content marketing at its best. You're not advertising your services you're not saying buy my consultancy buy my financial advice you're just showing the world that pete matthew is an expert in financial matters you're talking to them in a simple way you're giving them concise and clear explanations of fairly complicated subjects and for that reason they're getting to know you they're getting to know your voice they're getting to know what uh, what you like and what you don't like and that helps them to make a decision that eventually they might want to pick up the phone or send you an email and do business with you as a financial advisor. Yeah, I don't even know if the phrase content marketing was coined in 2009 when I read yeah. Crush It and had the idea for Meaningful Money. It may have been, but I don't remember picking up on it. I think that's sort of the last five, maybe six or seven years rather than uh, the sort of eight years. But that is exactly what I'm doing. And I always sort of feel like a bit of a fraud really and feel like I've got to convince people that I didn't start along the road of doing video and stuff with any intention of it being a marketing piece. Mm. I was raised uh, in evangelical churches. My dad was a minister. And so the concept of giving freely is kind of embedded in my DNA. And I really genuinely just wanted to give back. You know, we don't teach good financial management at school. We um, load our kids up with... Uh, a complex student finance system and don't really teach them mm. when they leave home and suddenly have to pay rent and buy food and all that sort of stuff. You know, unless our parents teach us that, my parents did not teach me anything about that. Yeah. But unless our parents teach us, we, you know, we're not born knowing how to drive a car. So there's no reason why we should be born understanding how to handle credit cards and overdrafts and stuff. So I genuinely wanted to make a difference. At the time I 
uh, began Meaningful Money, there's something called the RDR was on the uh, horizon. That's the Retail Distribution Review, which basically transformed retail financial advice in the UK very much for the better. But what it did is it abolished commission, essentially, mm. for uh, investments and pensions. And that had, you know, for all its problems, and it, it was massively problematic, it didn't at least enable uh, lots of people to get some kind of advice, probably from a bank, building society, insurance company. Um, but when the commission was abolished and suddenly we had to start talking with our clients about fees, it disenfranchised a massive swathe of the population from yeah. getting halfway decent financial advice. And so I wanted to try and f do a tiny, tiny bit to fill that gap. Um, and so those, I promise, I promise, dear listener, that was <laughs> my motivation. <laughs> and yet, I mean, it took 18 months, but 18 months after my first ever video, uh, a prospective client got in touch and said a great long email explaining their full financial situation, including numbers and everything. You just don't do that on email, do you? But no. you, know, you write to some random person you've seen on YouTube and they said, look, we've watched several of your videos. We feel like we know you and we feel like we can trust you. Will you work with us? And that was a point 18 months and probably about 150 videos in yeah. <laughs> that I thought, ah, <laughs> I may be onto something here. Perhaps this is um, more than what uh, what I think it is, more than just a hobby. And it's become a monster ever since. Yeah, um, I think I, I obviously share some of the same feelings as you, Pete, because I guess since I left big corporate where I was marketing director trying to get people to buy, I've, I've gone into this sort of frame of mind where I'm wanting to give, I'm wanting to help people to create marketing strategies for their business, knowing in my mind that marketing is a very complicated subject. Yeah. And, and, I, and it's taken me a while, but I think I've found my focus now that it's helping people to keep things simple, to abolish the BS and the, and the mumbo yeah. jumbo and just focus on finding out what customers need and giving them something nice and simple. And I guess that's become my raison d'etre. Mm -hmm. and, and just like you, you know, this podcast, Marketing and Finance podcast, it was episode, I think, 33 before I got a diagnosis direct piece of business as a result mm -hmm. of doing the podcast and, and that was just writing an article I think and it was 99 episodes before I, I got what I would consider to be a really meaty piece of consultancy yeah. so so yeah you're in it for the for the long haul you know I was raised in a particular belief system that if you gave you would receive yes. right and now well no matter what your belief system I am convinced that if you give of yourself and help share um, seek to you know make the world a better place with a greater sort of body of knowledge all that sort of stuff then you know god the universe karma whatever you call it will look after you yeah and that's certainly been my experience and i've sort of um you know made that very clear when i've spoken at conferences and stuff that I, there is definitely to me a direct link between the amount that you help uh, the amount that you serve your audience and what the universe gives back to you. Mm -hmm. But but what has the Meaningful Money podcast meant to you as a business person for, for Jackson's wealth and beyond? Yeah, that's a good question. It's a big question. As of 2014, so we're now in our sort of fourth full year since then. So 2014, Meaningful Money was the single biggest source of new client inquiries right. to Jackson's. It tends to sort of vie roundabout equally with uh, client referrals. We are a 44-year established business next year. So, you know, we're, <laughs> we've been around in Penzance for a very long time. Penzance and the West Cornwall Peninsula is a very, very small world. So people know who we are. Mm -hmm. We know that we're, they're here. We know that we've, they've, we've been around. Actually, we've had a presence in town since 1923. So, you know, we get a lot of business off the back of that. Just <laughs> I've been sort of stuck it out for so long. Um, so, you know, the, and uh, so the high street presence and our longevity means that we get a lot of business from that. But 
to be honest, if you ask the vast majority of financial planners, financial advisors, or to be honest, professionals mm. of any sort of stripe in this country, the amount of business they get directly from their online marketing will be a tiny, tiny fraction. Yeah. Usually it's client referrals, referrals from other professionals, um, you know, maybe to, for the bigger firms, sort of team sponsorship, all that sort of stuff. But directly as a result of online marketing, it'll be a tiny fraction. Whereas for us, it's probably about 35% overall. And that's the single uh, biggest sort of uh, section. So we've got um, around about 35% from the online stuff, 30 or so from referrals from existing clients. The other 25 is sort of bits and bobs, adverts here and there, professional connections, stuff like that. So it's been a big deal for us. And I'm getting to the stage now where, well, I've long since got to the stage actually, <laughs> for, about, for about a year where I simply cannot take on too many more clients. Mm. And again, it's funny because people say, well, what kind of inquiries do you get? You know, because I'm not as niche as you are, Roger, no. in a sense, you know, in that my niche is the UK public, yes. <laughs> you know, people who have some money of any kind. And, um, you know, because of that, potentially, I'd be spreading the net fairly wide and may not be attracting the exact kind of clients that I want to work with. But actually, again, more by accident than by design, that's definitely not the case. Mm. The inquiries that I get, the vast majority of them, are exactly the kind of people who are in our sweet spot. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just been, I mean, it's been transformational. We have doubled our turnover in four years here. Um, and the, a lot of that is down to meaningful money. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm extremely grateful that uh, I seem to have stumbled on something that works. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's an incredible testament to what you've achieved, that all of this content that you've produced is funneling so much business in the mm. direction of um, Jackson's Wealth, and that, that's fantastic. And one of the things I was very interested in was how, it, how it's maybe changed the way you think about financial planning. And... I'll, I'll mention another person who's been on the podcast, another friend of yours, Chris Budd. Yes, um, good friend of mine. He, he describes himself as a financial coach, I think, yeah. as opposed to a financial advisor or a financial planner. And I just wondered whether the fact that what you've been doing for the last four years is financial education. You've been doing it through your podcast. You've been doing it originally through the videos. You are a teacher. You're teaching people about finances from the very basics to to the more complicated. Has Has this whole content marketing journey made you rethink what you are so you are perhaps thinking well i'm a i'm a financial advisor specifically to the clients who walk through the door of jackson's but maybe for the rest of the uk population i'm actually a financial educator or a financial teacher yeah i don't think i'll ever be one or the other mm. uh meaningful money is so much a part of my life now i can't imagine it ever not being you know so uh, it's great that you mentioned chris actually he has uh, absolutely found his sweet spot i think i think he's, he's found what he was born to do yeah. he's a superb financial planner but he also has a a way with people and a way with words which i think is extremely unusual mm -hmm. uh, in our profession i love chris to bits um he's uh, kind enough uh, to allow me to say that he is actually a client of mine. So we have a great relationship mm -hmm. and um, I've got loads of respect for what he's doing and the Financial Wellbeing podcast is superb. Now, for me, um, I don't ever want to stop seeing clients. What I want to stop is the annoying paperwork <laughs> that sort of comes with, with doing my job. I yeah. sort of look to my left and I see a pile of files that I've got to get to. So, um, you know, I'm trying to build a business with people who can do that better than I can um, so that I can just concentrate uh, on people. 
Roger, ultimately, I think first and foremost, I, I love people. Um, I actually would consider myself an introvert. You put me in a, a room full of strangers that I don't know. That's not my natural habitat yeah. by any means. I've learned to be better at it than I was. But, um, but I love people. I love helping people. I love it when you know, people get in touch as they do every day saying this, the information that we've put out has made a difference because they've applied it consistently over time. And now, you know, they've got out of debt and, you know, they're starting to save for their future. I love that sort of stuff. That's, it's the part of the job that I love. Yeah. You know, money is fairly boring and it's fairly straightforward and simple once you crack how to do it, but applying it to different personal situations is the skill of a good financial planner, I think. And I don't ever want to stop doing that. So there's an unbelievably waffly answer to your question. But the answer I think is uh, my horizons have broadened as a result of what I do. And I'm just very grateful for the opportunity to scale what I know using the internet. And another way that your horizons have broadened, I guess, is that you're now speaking on quite a lot of stages. Um, you were at CMA Live in 2016. Um, and I was really um, pleased to be in the audience watching you speak. I was happy to be on the stage in 2017. Yep. You're frequently involved in Nucleus's Illuminate series of um, uh, tours around the country. Think, yeah. And recently you were at the uh, PFS Festival, the uh, Personal Finance Society Festival. Yeah. What were you talking about there? Was it effectively this, helping yeah. advisors do content? Yeah, I mean, well... Yeah, but from the framework that, you know, we have a massive problem in personal finance because people don't trust us mm. and with very good reason, right? We've not exactly covered ourselves in glory over the last 30 years. It's not that long ago that we had endowment mis-selling, yeah. pension transfer mis-selling. You know, the abolition of commission in 2013 went a long way to making <laughs> making the industry a bit better, the professional a bit better, but we still got a long way to go. So people don't trust us. And because we deal with money and we deal with people every day, we forget what a massive deal it is for somebody to walk in our door and all the angst and worry that they've got. Are they going to be ripped off? Are they going to be made to feel stupid? Are they going to be made to feel like sort of financial children, somehow semi-literate and they need handholding? You know, people come with these anxieties and, you know, it's our job to set them at ease and understand that we can help them and yeah. we're there to be in partnership with them. And the great thing about what I've done online is that it gets people over those things before they even get in touch. I mean, that very first prospect, and uh, Mark and Chris are still clients now, that got in touch after watching the videos. They said, we feel like we know you and can trust you. Mm. Will you work with us? And of course, they didn't know me at all. They'd seen me in two dimensions on a YouTube screen. <laughs> they had no idea if they could trust me or not. I could yeah. have been the, just the best actor and the sort of sharkiest shark on the internet. But they felt like they could. And so I think for the right people, uh, the message of the, the PFS Festival where I spoke last week is that actually we can help people bridge the trust gap before they've even met us by just putting ourselves out there online, not delivering dry, boring stuff, but putting something about personality, our belief system, our values, um, and how we believe money should be managed. And we can put that online and it, it sort of helps people identify with us and get to know us and trust us before they pick up the phone. So it's really powerful. And um, I think it's something that more advisors need to hear. I mean, I've been doing this, what, eight, what year are we in? <laughs> 2017. I've been doing this eight years this yeah. month, right? Um, it'll be, nine, uh, yeah, eight, 
to gosh, no, no, I'm getting my dates mixed up. So next April will be the ninth anniversary of the the eighth anniversary of the first video going. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. That was dreadful uh, mental arithmetic. <laughs> so uh, in April, I'll have been doing this eight years. Yeah. <laughs> and in that time, I can still probably count on two hands the number of financial advisors in this country who are doing anything like consistent content marketing. And yet it's just such an easy win. It's not easy in terms of time, but it doesn't cost anything. No. To speak of, not really. So... I just think more people, certainly more professionals, need to be doing it. So yeah. Maybe there's a book in me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, we've got the aforementioned um, Chris Budd. He's doing his yep. podcast. Martin Bamford's been doing his for a while. Andy and, Hart, maybe an advisor. Hart. Yeah. And, yeah. And Russ Hayworth, uh, right. the Family that's Business right. Podcast. Um, and then you start to struggle, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hat tip Nick. Uh, Nick is um, he's doing some stuff. So, yeah. But really, that is, that's about it. Yeah. Consistently, mm. you know, I put a tweet out recently for a good example examples of advisors using video and a few people responded but they all had like two videos mm. both you know both of them were made by third-party companies that they bought in and put their logo on see that's not content marketing no. so, so what <laughs> so, so what are your top tips for advisors looking to get into this is, is that the sort of thing you were sharing at the festival as well yeah i mean there's there's a lot of depth there but i mean if we're talking about getting started essentially there's three potential media mm. so the first is a written word with blogs then you've got video and then you've got podcasts those yeah. are the three primary types of online content so I, I tend to sort of uh, suggest that people follow a path. Uh, the first one is to consume. So get to know and consume other people's content, not so that you can nick it, but so that you can see what resonates with you. Mm. When I got into podcasting because I was a podcast listener first. So if you can consume content, you get to know what works. You know, if you consume it sort of intentionally rather than just passively scrolling, you get to know what works and what doesn't and maybe what you can assimilate and, and do in your own content. So consume first. The sort of next baby step is you can curate other people's content. Mm. So if you read something great on BBC News or on This Is Money or whatever, then you know why not just start sharing that, put a link to it, or create a fortnightly uh, sort of summary of good stuff that you've read online in this week, which would be helpful to your prospective clients. So consume first then curate, and eventually you're going to need to make the leap to creating your own stuff. So, you know, but by that time, you'll have understood what works, maybe tried your hand a little bit, decide uh, on probably just one to start with uh, of the three media, um, and just dive in. I think one good sort of um, indicator is if you can sit down, you know, with a blank sheet of paper in a quiet room and write down 50 titles for stuff you can talk about now that might sound like a load but it isn't really if you just think well you know if you think back to the last fortnight's worth of client meetings yeah what were the things that you addressed what did your clients ask you in those meetings you very easily write 50 um subject lines and that's your first 50 episodes of a podcast your first 50 blog posts or videos as far as the practical stuff there's loads of places you can learn that all right. Okay. Um, Andy Hart and I are working on some stuff, hopefully, uh, for the probably quarter two next year. Um, uh, a website called advisorcreators.com, mm -hmm. where hopefully we'll be able to help people with the practicalities of video, podcasting, website building, all that sort of stuff. Sorry for the blatant uh, uh, sort of plug there, but right. there's nothing there yet, but you can just sign up to keep us posted. That's advisorcreators.com. Mm -hmm. But, you know, practical stuff you can learn anywhere. It's mostly about the intent. And as you and I have said, it's about committing to the long term, because if you're going to do 10 weeks and then stop, you might as well not bother. 
So if you all the videos are out there, all the podcasts are out there, you're on stages encouraging other financial professionals to do what you're doing. And of course, you recently attracted the attention of a very well-known American author and marketeer, Mark Schaefer, who was writing a book about how to become known, effectively how to build your own personal brand in this very busy digital world. And Mark (laughs) used you as a case study in the book, didn't he? He did, which was uh, really, really kind of him. I think the premise of that is that very often the excuse that professionals use not to get into any kind of content marketing is compliance, uh, you know, fears over falling foul of the regulator or whatever. Those, I believe, are uh, excuses, not reasons. It's Mm -hmm. very easy to stay on the right side of the rules, in my opinion. So Mark used me as uh, an example of somebody doing content marketing in a very heavily regulated arena, which is very kind of him. I think that's the book on sort of building a platform, uh, becoming known, that's the name of the book, um, of the moment. I used to recommend uh, Michael Hyatt's platform, which is still good, but it's a few years old now. Mark's uh, Schaefer's book, Known, I think is the book for anybody wanting to get cracking with this stuff. And another example from myself as to how doing this content consistently will attract the attention of more influential influencers. Mm. Now, I've been doing my podcast for 150 episodes. That's why you're here. I also do video, not as much as you've done in the past, but I'm getting there. And again, I'm I'm back on stage as I'm talking about keeping marketing simple. And another entrepreneurial author, Mr. Chris Ducker, um, Mm -hmm. has got a book coming out next February. It's called The Rise of the Youpreneur. And I'm really pleased that he's included me in his book as a case right. study. And, you know, I've got an advanced copy of that. And to actually hold in your hand a proper book as opposed to a, a Kindle version and, <laughs> and, and open the, the pages and see your own name in that book as an example of somebody who's consistently producing content, that was almost reward in itself, I have Absolutely. to say. Very cool, mate. Congratulations. Well deserved. <laughs> so where next for Pete Matthew? Well, uh, more video for me. Yeah. I'm certainly not going to be stopping podcasting. That uh, consistently goes out every Wednesday morning. But um, uh, if you could see me, rather than just hear me at the minute, you could see that uh, my office stroke studio has just been painted. I've got loads of cool lights going on, all Alexa controlled, obviously. And um, you know, I've got new seating coming. So I'm basically building a TV studio mm-hmm. uh, in my office. So most of the time it'll be used to see clients. Um, but uh, what I basically want to have is just a setup where I can just wheel in the camera, set it up and hit record. And because the easier, you know, the busier you get, the easier it needs to be, uh, the sort of less friction there needs to be to make content creation easy. Mm-hmm. So um, that's the plan. So I've got my camera literally on a tripod that in the other room that I can just pick it up. Um, put it on three dots on the carpet and I know it's in the right place and uh, can just get going. So lots more video. I even did my first vlog inspired by you, my friend. Uh, That was a couple of weeks ago now at the PFS Festival. So that was a lot of fun. I'm going to want to do more of that. Yeah, I really enjoyed that, Pete. It was it was <laughs> it was really good fun. And and what I love about vlogs like that is people spotting say, Oh look, there yeah. there's so and so. Oh and look, there's so and so. And he <laughs> looks really drunk, but I'm not gonna mention the name of the person who looked really drunk. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, the exactly. one, yeah. <laughs> God bless him. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it, was, it was really good fun. So lots more video. I'm working with a lady called Gudrun as well, who's gonna help me repurpose a lot of the podcast stuff into written 
uh, written content. So mm-hmm. I basically more of the same, Roger, is what's next, just to try and get the message out that, you know, financial management, personal financial management is easy, really. It's certainly simple. Um, you just need to know how to do it and apply it consistently. So as, as, more, as much as I can get out there to help people do that, that's what I want to do. And do you want to talk about the books? No, yeah, yeah. There? The book is... Um, well, it's in process at the minute. I intended to keep November and December free to write the thing, but <laughs> um, it doesn't seem to be happening yet. So I'm all of about 1,500 words in, and I've so just another 37,500, 38,500 to go. But, you know, that's fine. I'm enjoying the process, actually. Uh, Harriman House approached me for the book of the podcast, yeah. which is essentially everything you need to know and everything you need to do and nothing else, you know, following your mantra of keeping it simple, we tend to bombard people with unnecessary information. So the book, when it comes out, hopefully Easter time next year, will be basically the manual. If yeah. you do what's in that book repeatedly over time, uh, you'll win with money. So I'm really looking forward to getting that out. Fantastic. And the last couple of questions before we um, sign off, Pete. I always like to ask guests on the podcast, if there's been a marketing campaign or a product or something that's caught your attention, doesn't necessarily have to be in financial services, could be anything, something that's caught your attention in the last few weeks. Tell us what it was and what you liked about it. Well, actually, we've talked about it a couple of times already. The PFS Festival, Personal mm. Finance Society, the biggest sort of industry body for financial advisors. And a couple of weeks ago, they put on uh, an annual conference, and it was like the anti-type of every other financial services conference I've ever been to. Very relaxed, very focused though, and uh, just had a totally different vibe to a bunch of you know middle-aged men in gray suits. It was very, a little bit sort of dressed down, a really good blend of speakers, and they marketed it superbly, I think. They marketed it as a festival, named the different stages, things like Montreux and Glastonbury and stuff like that, and Fabulous. it just, it felt different, and I think that really, really worked. So a lot of credit to the guys at the PFS for uh, disrupting what is a pretty boring industry for the most part. <laughs> and what's the best business book you've read recently, Pete? Oh my gosh, where on earth to start? Um, <laughs> Best business book. I've nearly finished uh, a book called Sapiens, actually, which is not a business book at all. It's a brief history of humankind, which Mm -hmm. is uh, quite an eye opener. Um, Actually, obviously, we mentioned Mark Schaefer's book, Known. Probably the other book that I've read in the last year that I would recommend for anybody getting started is Marcus Sheridan's They Ask, You Answer. Um, So if you were to read those two books, Mark Schaefer's Known and Marcus Sheridan's They Ask, You Answer, you know, essentially that's what I've done for the last eight years on Meaningful Money, and it's totally worked for me. It worked for Marcus on a just unbelievable scale. A guy that bought into a swimming pool company in 2008 when everybody stopped buying swimming pools <laughs> and turned it around through answering people's questions online. It's an amazing story, and uh, the guy's a phenomenal communicator. So uh, that would probably be the book I've read in the last year that will um, uh, help people the most. And what's the best way that people can get in touch with you, Pete? Well, I'm at Pete Matthew on pretty much everything, Twitter and Facebook and all that sort of stuff. But MeaningfulMoney.tv is the website. MeaningfulMoney.tv. Come over and say hi. Fantastic. I'll include links to the Twitter, all the places you're available online, to Meaningful Money TV and all the books you've mentioned at the show notes of this podcast, which you can find at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF. That's rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF. Pete, always a pleasure to speak to you. Doubly a pleasure this time as it's my 150th episode. Thank you for coming on again and sharing with me this little milestone. It's been a pleasure to speak to you and I will see you next week at humans under management yeah i can't wait mate thanks for having me congratulations again and i'll see you at number 300 yeah
Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes. Just visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes. Until next time, keep marketing your business to keep growing your business.